enjoyed that, say amen at home, amen. And we are so excited about Oliver being saved. He called me up uh, late one night, I believe it was about uh, a week ago, and he said, Brother Wayne, I got good news for you. I said, what's that, Oliver? He said, I got saved, amen. So that's the best news in the world and made my night, I'll tell you that for sure. And I want you to turn in your Bibles to Second Chronicles chapter 15. Second Chronicles chapter 15. I have, I would say I've been sick all week, but nobody even uh, tune in if I said that. <clears throat> but I have had some bronchitis and a head cold, and uh, went and got checked out, so everything's fine. But uh, I want you to pray for me because it's hard to preach to an empty auditorium, but it's also hard to preach when you feel like you're in a drum. And so um, I pray that you'll pray with me. I, if I didn't have uh, a message laid on my heart, I would have turned it over to somebody else, but I really believe God wants me to preach this particular message, and I hope it'll be an encouragement to your heart and a help to your soul. And I want to preach a message entitled, Wash Your Hands. Wash Your Hands. And I have a dual text, Second Chronicles chapter 15, and then also we'll turn to James chapter 4 and verse 8. So Second Chronicles chapter 15. And verses 1 through 7. The Bible says, And the Spirit of God came upon Azariah, the son of Obed. And he went out unto Asa and said to him, Hear ye me, Asa, and all Judah and Benjamin. The Lord is with you while you be with him. And if you seek him, you will find of, he'll be found of you. But if you forsake him, he will forsake you. Now for a long season Israel hath been without the true God, without a teaching priest, and without law. But when they in their trouble did turn unto the Lord God of Israel and sought him, he was found of them. And in those times there was no peace to him that went out, nor uh, to him that came in, but great vexation, vexation um, were upon all the inhabitants of the countries. Verse 6, 2 Chronicles 15, hope you're with me. It says, a nation was destroyed of nation and city of city, for God did vex them with all adversity. Be ye strong, therefore, and let not your hands be weak, for your work shall be rewarded. And then in James chapter 4, verse 8, the Bible says this, draw nigh to God, draw nigh to God, and he will draw nigh to you. Cleanse your hands, ye sinners, and purify your hearts, ye double-minded. Be afflicted and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to heaviness. Humble yourselves in the sight of God, and he shall lift you up. Let's pray. Father, thank you for the good Sunday school lessons that's already been taught. We thank you for Miss Rebecca. I know that took a lot of courage to teach the children on, by way of internet. Lord, for Brother Jack and Miss Rose, uh, the time they put in that lesson, and Lord, what good lessons they were, very appropriate for what we're going through, and God, we just thank you, God, for the teaching of the Word of God. And now, Lord, as we come to the preaching of the Word, God, I pray for power. I pray, dear God, for strength to be able to deliver the message that you've laid on my heart for your people and for all that might listen. I pray, dear God, if there's one that tunes in that's lost, that they'd be saved in these last days. And God, there's some that are backslidden away from you. 
uh, Lord, that really don't miss church because they miss church all the time. I pray, dear God, that you'd deal with their hearts about returning to you and drawing nigh to you. And Lord, you promised you'd draw nigh to them. So Lord, please, we need revival. We need to not only cleanse our hearts, our hands physically, we need to cleanse our hearts and our souls and our being. And God, we need to renew our walk with you and love you as never before. So Lord, help us to get the message that you're delivering today through this virus. And we're going to praise you and thank you for what you do in and through the word of God preached this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, an RN shared this, that um, uh, the virus is not an organism, but a protein molecule, this coronavirus, DNA, covered by a protective layer of fat, which will absorb the cells of uh, ocular or nasal or bronchitis, mucus, changing the genetic code mutation and converts them into aggressive multiplier cells. It goes on with this. Uh, about the virus being a living organism, but, a, but a, not a living organism, but a protein molecule, and it's killed. It's not killed, but it's decayed. And that the virus is very fragile, and the only thing that protects the outer layer of that virus, that fat tissue, is soap and detergent. And the best remedy uh, is that the soap, the foam, cuts the fat, and that's why you should scrub your hands and cleanse your hands for at least 20 seconds. They say sing happy birthday. I'd recommend singing Amazing Grace or something. And so by dissolving the fat layer of the protein molecule, it disperses, breaks down, and literally by washing your hands physically, you annihilate, uh, disperse, destroy this terrible virus that spread the whole world. But I want to tell you something. There's something we need to see deeper than that. We need to see that folks that, as the doctors said in New York City, they called the situation apocalyptic. Now, the word apocalyptic is describing prophesy, uh, prophecy that, com that uh, leads to destruction of the world. And folks, I believe maybe a better word for it is this catastrophic. Uh, might be a better word, but everything visible is preceded or superseded by what is invisible or spiritual. And so we don't see the virus on our hands, and so that we just see maybe dirt or maybe ink or maybe something else or maybe nothing uh, on our hands, but there is an invisible warfare. And folks, it's not physical, it's spiritual. So every, uh, listen, if we all we see is what we see, then we don't see all that we should see. So every visible and physical thing is preceded or superseded by the invisible or the spiritual. In other words, what is God saying during this virus? That's the question of the hour. <clears throat> in 2 Chronicles 15, everything was in chaos, and they were afraid, and they had no peace. And it reminds me of Romans chapter 1, verse 24 and verse 26, when God warned men because of their ungodly godly attitude towards him and, and towards the things of God, he said, I'm going to turn you over. I'm going to turn you over. And what he was really saying is, let's see what life is without me. And so when a nation abandons God, it creates a vacuum. And he, he is saying that if you don't want me, then I'll allow 
you'd experience a divine disruption. A divine disruption. God is sending the worldwide chaos through a little germ, a terrible virus, so small that the human eye cannot even see it. And I want you to look at 1 Chronicles chapter 15, verse 1 through 4, and I want to answer this question today. What is God saying during this virus? What is God delivering a message to every little village in Argentina, Brazil, Peru, I mean China, Spain, Italy, all over the world, South Africa, which I'm very concerned about with my children over there. And folks, it's all over the world. Every part of the world is in quarantine. Every part of the world is shut down over one little virus that nobody can see. I believe God allowed it. And I want you to see, first of all, what the main problem is in the world. The main problem is there's no true God in the, in the eyes of men. Look at verse 3 of our text in 2 Chronicles 15. It says, Now for a season Israel has been without <coughs> the true God. Without the true God. And why? Because it says, And without teaching priests and without the law. Folks, it is void of teaching priests. The pulpits have failed in America if they have dumbed it down, if they have uh, taught what is preferred, if they've taught what is popular. And folks, I want you to know that there's, uh, there's two answers to every question. <clears throat> what God has spoken and what everyone thinks. God has a right to define your sexuality. If you're born a boy, God wanted you to be a boy or a girl. Say amen right there the three of you or four of you that's here. Uh, if he defines marriage, <coughs> he has a right to define marriage. Why? Because he thought of it. Amen? And I want you to know, God has created you. And so therefore, God is God. And he is Lord. And he wants us to turn to him and not go our way. So when the pulpit fails, there is no biblical teaching, no biblical preaching, then we're not uh, conforming people to God's image and God's standard. There's going to be chaos, and there might be judgment. And the teaching priest is to declare the truth with love, but also with clarity. And he wants to, you to realize this Bible is the standard for living. This Bible is the Word of God. <clears throat> now, if you'll turn to Romans chapter 1, and the Bible says in verse 24, Wherefore God also gave them up to uncleanliness through the lust of their own hearts to dishonor their own bodies between themselves. I want to read this because this is the uh, signs of judgment upon a nation or a world when they turn from God. It says in verse 25, Who changed the truth of God into a lie and worshiped and served the creature more than the cre creator who is blessed forever, amen. For this cause God gave them up into vile afflictions, for even their women did change their natural use into which uh, is against nature. And likewise also the men, leaving the natural use of the women, burned in their lust towards one another, men with men, working that which is unseemly and receiving in themselves that recompense of their error which was meet. Now listen very closely. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, 
Is that not the attitude of the world today? They want to dismiss God from everything. And then when we have a crisis, my friend, he's more than an emergency ration. He's daily bread, say amen. But look at this. It says this. It says, and even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient. Thank you, Brother Randy. Being filled with all unrighteousness, fornication, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, debate, deceit, malignity, whisperers, backbiters, haters of God, despiteful, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things, and disobedient to parents, without understanding, covenant breakers, without natural affection, implacable, unmerciful. Now I want you to notice the last verse of Romans chapter 1. Verse 32 says, Who knowing the judgment of God, they which commit such things are worthy of death. Not only to do the same, but having pleasure in them that do them. You know, we haven't evolved, we de-evolved. And folks, one of the last rungs of de-evolution is when we're entertained by sin. It says they have pleasure in them that do them. So folks, I'm going to tell you, we're in trouble today if the Bible is not preached and if the Bible is not teach. So they had no true God in these days. Israel had, had no true God without a true God because they, had, they were without teaching priests. And then second of all, they were without the law. You know, I believe with all my heart that when we preach and teach, uh, we ought to preach with authority from the Word of God and that God's raised His Word, the Bible says, above His very name. And so this is not a day for sermonettes. Uh, this is not a day for uh, sweet, whirly concerts. It's a day that somebody will stand up and say, Thus saith the Lord. And so there was no teaching priest. I'm saying, folks, what is God saying? God is saying we need God's word. <clears throat> and we need God more than ever before. And that's exactly the point of all this virus. Looking, uh, looking also in verse 3 of back in our text in 2 Chronicles chapter 15. The Bible says, Now for a long season Israel hath been without the true God and without a teaching priest. And then secondly, without the law. There was no guidelines to govern their actions. Their attitude towards uh, sin was if it feels good, do it. And that's exactly the attitude of the greatest nation that's ever been created, and that's the United States of America, besides Israel, amen? And thank the Lord, but where there is no law, there is no Christ. In Romans chapter 1, the Bible says that he, they worship the creature instead of the creation. God can take away what we worship if it's not God. God says you want to worship athletes? Well, I'll close the stadiums. God won't, you say you want to worship musicians? Well, God says I'll close the civic centers. God says you want to worship actors? I'll close the theaters. God says you want to worship money? I'll collapse the economy and collapse the stock market. God says you want to worship celebrities and the worship team? Then it'll make it where you can't even go to the worship center. I'm saying, folks, God deserves the preeminence. And God is God. And God is Lord. And so last but not least, <coughs> and I hope you don't uh, mind this brief message, but this is about all the air I got. There's a question. What is the real cure? What is the real cure? Well, it's found in verse 4 of our text. It says, now, 
for a long season, Israel, back in verse 3, has seen, uh, been without the true God and without, a teaching, without teaching priests and without law. But listen to this. And when they, in their trouble, did turn unto the Lord God of Israel and sought him, he was found of them. He was found of them. God wants our undivided attention. And you know what I believe? I believe God's getting it. I have never, never in 46 years of preaching been through something like this. I never thought that a little virus would shut down Dalton, Georgia, in the backwoods of North Georgia, and that he would not only shut down Dalton, Georgia, but he'd shut down every village and every community around the world. He's getting our attention. Has he got yours? And until he gets our undivided attention, he will continue to allow crisis because he wants you to realize he is Lord, but he is also the Christ of every crisis and that he is the only solution to your problem. He wants you to return to him and submit to him. He wants you not only to bow the knee, he wants you to bow the heart. And as long as there's things in your life, now listen, as long as there's things in your life that are equal or above him, then he is not truly Lord of your life. As long as there's things that's equal or above him in your life, personally, he's not Lord of your life. In other words, if he's not Lord of all, he's not Lord at all. And I want to tell you something. He is Lord whether we submit to him or not. And I believe this catastrophic pandemic worldwide, every village, every town, every city, uh, the doctors said in New York City and three policemen have, have just recently died to this virus. That is apocalyptic. And what they were saying is it's catastrophic. They've never, they've never seen anything like it. And so he desires a personal relationship and I believe that sometimes if we keep shaking our fist at God and saying, God, we want you out of government, we want you out of the church, we want you out of our lives, and we'll call on you when we need you, he sometimes allows things like this to drive us to our knees, but to draw us to his heart. God loves you. God has a plan for your life. And if we live in blatant rebellion, and our nation has been blatantly rebellious for decades saying your, your Bible is not welcome in, in schools and prayer is, is outlawed and the Ten Commandments are dismissed from the, from the government house. Folks, God has been very patient. God has been very merciful and he desires a personal relationship with each and every one of us but he demands that we submit to his authority. Will you let him be Lord of your life? That is what he wanted the whole time. And I really believe this, that God is using this crisis. And so what is the core issue of this virus? What is God saying? What is God saying? Well, if you'll turn to James chapter 4 in closing, the Bible says, from whence cometh wars and fightings among you. Our president said it was a, a warfare, it is. It's an invisible warfare. And I want to tell you something, the devil is trying to discourage and accuse and, and he's trying to um, get you to doubt God loves you.
But I want to tell you something. In all the midst of this troubles and trial, God is, is bringing us to our knees and God is calling us to his precious will and to his heart. What a blessing that God cares enough to get our attention. And it says this. It says, From whence cometh wars and fightings among you? Come they not hence and even of your lusts that war in your members. You lust and have not. You kill and desire and have. You cannot obtain. You fight and war. You have not because you ask not. You adulterers and adulteress. That's a strong term. It says that many people have committed spiritual adultery. They love someone more than they love God. I believe our nation loves themselves too much. I believe each individual loves themselves too much. We need to love God more than ourselves. We need to love God with all our heart and all our soul. And it says this, You ask and receive not because you ask amiss that you may consume it upon your lust. You adulterers and adulterers, know you not that the friendship of the world is enmity with God. Whosoever there w- Whosoever, therefore, will be a friend of the world is an enemy of God. Do you think that the Scripture saith in vain, the spirit that dwelleth in us lusteth to envy? You know what that's saying? He desires you to crown him Lord. And he desires you to love God more than you love anything or anyone in this world. <coughs> Look at it. It says, but he giveth more grace. Thank God for God's grace during this time. This has been the longest week in my life. Because of the pollen, I have been on restriction and have not been able to go out of the house, according to my wife. It's the rule. And I want to tell you something. I love coming to this place every day, and I love working, and I love uh, knocking on doors and visiting folks, and I've tried to get on the phone and visit, visit with folks with, uh, by phone and by Internet. But it's been the longest week of my life. And, folks, everything's changed. But I want to tell you something. It's been one of the sweetest weeks of my life. My wife and I have got so close together and, and we've loved the fellowship. Uh, she might not have loved the fellowship as much as I've loved the fellowship, but we've loved being together and, and uh, reading the Bible and praying and listening to good messages. And folks, the Bible says uh, the Spirit desires us and he gives us grace. He gives grace to the humble. Folks, sometimes we need to be humbled. Sometimes God humbles us through tragedy. Look at this. Submit yourselves therefore to God. Resist the devil. He'll flee from you. And here's the verse in in closing. Draw nigh to God and he'll draw nigh to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners. And purify your hearts, you double-minded. Wash your hands 20 seconds. Any soap will do is all the commercials we heard. But I want to tell you something. There's a deeper cleansing that needs to be done. There's a spiritual awakening that should be desired. And there's a longing in the Spirit's heart for you to crown the Lord as Lord of your life. And our nation needs to come back to God. We need revival. Say amen right there. And folks, the Bible says, cleanse your hands, you sinners. We got to get below the surface. We've got to realize the invisible warfare. And we need to realize that there's a, there's a plan here for God to be crowned as Lord and Christ of this crisis. And it says, purify your hearts, you double-minded. And then what will happen? Be afflicted and mourn and weep for your laughter. 
Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to heaviness. And then listen to this. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord and he shall lift you up. Folks, it's more than just washing your hands physically. It's washing your hands spiritually. And not just your hands, but your heart. And he promises if you'll draw nigh to him, he'll draw nigh to you. Back in our text, he said it this way. You will find me. You will find me. He says, but when they in trouble did turn unto the Lord God of Israel and sought him, he was found of them. He was found of them. God wants to be found faithful during this time. God wants to be found loving and gracious. You say, why would God allow this? There's only one reason that you might be conformed to his image, that you might be more like him, that we as a nation would come back to God, that we'd repent of sin, that we'd repent of selfishness. Folks, the Bible says in 2 Chronicles chapter 7, would you turn there in closing? I thought I was closing one more verse. 2 Chronicles chapter 7. And I'm so glad that I'm able to come this morning and preach this message. I've been praying about this all week. But I want you to notice verse 13. Everybody knows verse 14, but verse 13 says this. If I shut up heaven that there be no rain, or if I command the locusts to devour the land, and listen to this, or if I send pestilence, that means malignant disease without cure, and if I send pestilence among my people, he said this, if my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face, and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven. And I will forgive their sins, and listen to this, and will open and will heal their land. Verse 15 says this, Now mine eyes shall be open, mine ears attend unto the prayers that is made in this place. He says, If I do send pestilence, then my people, which are called by my name, They'll humble themselves. That means, Lord, I ain't got this. Lord, I can't handle this. I don't know about you, but I can't handle this. I can't, I can't figure this out. I'm not going to try to trace God. I'm going to trust him during this time. But I know this. I know that I need God, and I need his help, and our church needs his protection, and we need God as a nation, and we need God as a whole world. And I want you to know this. <clears throat> the Bible says that if we will humbly turn from our wicked ways. Then will I hear from heaven and I'll forgive their sin and I'll heal their land. Folks, we've been guilty for years and years and years as a nation of spiritual distancing. We have left God. We have sometimes delegated God out of the class, out of the courtroom out of our very lives. And we say, God, if we need you, we'll call on you. If we have a crisis and everything goes wrong, then we'll turn to you. And I believe God is so gracious that he's available during this time. We deserve judgment. We deserve no mercy. But God in his love and his mercy says, if you'll return to me, I'll return to you. If you'll draw nigh to me, I'll draw nigh to you. 
Cleanse your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts. Get thoroughly right with God, and I will be available. And I will bring a great awakening. <clears throat> and I will restore your first love. And I will send personal revival in your life. Draw nigh to God, and he'll draw nigh to you. So what is the reason for this virus? Well, initially it's because of sin. Disease entered this world through Adam and Eve's sin. But I want to tell you something, folks. I believe today God is saying, you really need me. God is saying, I'm available, and I'm Lord, and I'm God. And I know that you've forsaken me. I know you have been distant from me as a nation, as a world. But I am here to tell you that I love you and that I'm drawing you back. And so we need to pray fervently, not just for physical healing. We need to pray for spiritual healing. We need to pray for a cleansing of our hearts, a purifying of our souls. And we need to stop being double-minded we need to crown him as Lord of all our life. I believe the greatest thing that could happen through this virus is that it draw us as a nation, Brother Randy, back to God. Brother Mark, back to God. That we as a nation would return to honoring him and respecting him and loving him and, yea, even fearing God. It would be the greatest thing in the world. And Folks, I believe it could spread to the whole world. Because the whole world has got this virus and they don't know how to handle it. And doctors can't cope with it. And there is no vaccine. There is no cure right now. But I want to tell you something, friend. The core issue of the virus is this. God's saying, draw nigh to me and I'll draw nigh to you. Let's pray. Father, thank you for laying this message on my heart. And I pray it's been an encouragement, a blessing but also a conviction to our soul that we need revival. God, we need you more than we need anything or anyone. God, we need to love you more than life itself. And Lord, if there's anything equal to you or above you, then you're not Lord of our life. And so, Lord Jesus, we know that you're Lord. And we know that you're the master of the wind and that you cure, and God, that you calm the storm. But dear God, have mercy upon our nation. Have mercy upon me, a sinner that deserves hell, and you saved me, and called me into the ministry. And Lord, I pray as I deliver this message that you'll speak to hearts wherever there's a heart open, and that we'll realize as a nation, as families, as individuals, we need you. More than ever, God, thank you for getting our attention. Please have mercy. Please stay this virus. And God, I pray that after it's over and it passes, that God, we wouldn't get back to business as usual. We wouldn't get back to routine religion. But God, we'd go back to you. And we'd put you first. And we'd honor you as the source and substance of all life the sustainer, and our Savior, our Creator, our Lord. God, forgive our nation. 
God, forgive our nation for allowing same-sex marriages. God, men with men and women with women. God, forgive us, Lord, for kicking your Ten Commandments out of the courtroom. God, forgive us for kicking prayer out of the, out of the schools. And God, as we come back to you, help it not to be like 911 that we get over it in a few years, few months. But God, I pray this would be a lasting awakening and a lasting revival that God, we could say that in 2020, we did get a greater vision of God and who you are. So Lord, I pray for revival. First in my own heart, my own soul, my own family, our church, and the church's surroundings, and around the world, God, that you'd send revival. And we'll praise you. With every head bowed and every eye closed, I believe that we have plenty of time today. What else you got to do, amen? To have an invitation. And as Brother Jason's already exhorted you, why don't you find a place to pray? I know you can't come to this altar, but you can make an altar in your living room, in your study, or wherever you might be. Some are coming to the altar here, that's good. But I want to say this, friend. If there's ever a time that you need to pray as a family, it's now. If there's ever a time that you need to pray as a couple, it's now. Not just for safety. Not just for a quarantine from a virus that could take your life. But for revival. For a great awakening. For a new love for God. I believe the whole issue here is this. God is saying, you've left me. There's been no teaching priest. There's been no word of God preached like there should have been. There's no law. There's no, there's no uh, restrictions. There's no guidelines for society anymore. If you'll come back to me, I'll come back to you because I've never moved. And so this morning, would you pray with me for revival. Stop right where you're at. Grab your wife's hand. Grab your children's hand. Find a place of prayer. Would you beg God for mercy? Would you beg God for help for our country? Wisdom for our president. protection for our missionaries but most important of all for revival in our heart dear God please bless this time of prayer bless this message to our hearts help us to see who you are Lord God best I know I want to give every part of my life to give you the rest of the days that I might have for your glory and your honor for your praise God use me any way you want to God I want to be available Lord I know you're not too hard pressed to use dirty vessels so God help us not only to cleanse our hands but to purify our hearts God may we come back to you and you said you promised we'd draw nigh to you draw not us. In Jesus' name I pray.